Taking the Middle Seat, a podcast where we explore connection where you might not think it exists. I'm your host, Andrea, and I've always believed there is connection to be made when you sit next to someone and really take in their story. So every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking the middle seat. I'm listening in on someone's story because I know that the middle seat holds healing and acceptance and laughter and community if we just stay open and remember that we belong to each other. I hope you'll listen in to each and every episode and that you'll find yourself moving in to hear the magic in the middle seat. On this episode, episode 19, I interview Jessica Honiger, founder and co-CEO of Noonday Collection. And if you've been around me for one nanosecond, you've heard me talk about Noonday. I wear all the Noonday accessories. I've got a thousand big earrings and they're all Noonday. Noonday has been a part of my story for the last several years. And I was lucky to stumble upon Jessica's work when she was just getting started. And I've followed her journey as a Noonday ambassador and then as a Noonday collection trunk show host since that time. So when I started this podcast, I reached out right away to her and asked her to be a guest. And she did what she does so well. She encouraged me and jumped right in without hesitation. Jessica captures her story and her journey so well in her recently released book called Imperfect Courage, Live a Life of Purpose by Leaving Comfort and Going Scared. And I'm a huge reader, but I'm not usually a business builder, climb the ladder, rah-rah type book reader. But this one, you guys, is different. I have already recommended it to so many women I know. It's vulnerable and funny and wise and chock full of stories that you'll resonate with. I just love the stories. It's the best kind of invitation to move into your best self. I'm telling you guys, get the book. No matter if you're a single millennial or a mama at home or a business leader or something in between all those things, get the book. Jessica's coming to Grand Rapids this week. She'll be at Schuler's on 28th Street on Thursday at 7 o'clock. I will link to that event so you can get tickets. I'll be there and you should do. You don't have to know a thing about this book or Noonday. Just come. You are going to get filled up. I promise you'll love what Jessica is speaking on and you'll make connections and you'll be motivated to go scared. You'll be motivated to take the first step or the third step or the hundredth step. We don't talk a lot about this, but she also has a podcast called The Going Scared Podcast, which is awesome. She interviews leaders and thinkers and doers, so you should check that out too. So you're like, Andrea, where do I find all this good stuff? Well, let me just tell you, the show notes, they are like a carefully curated capsule wardrobe of goodness. All the links are there and they coordinate and they fit in a small suitcase. The show notes are what is in this season. All the cool kids are wearing show notes, so go check them out. Okay, it's time for the good stuff. My interview with Jessica Honiger. Jessica Honiger, welcome to Taking the Middle Seat. I am so excited that you were willing to do this. It just made my heart explode when you you were willing to come on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Girl. I'm not just willing. You're acting like I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) it's not about being willing. I was excited to get to talk with you today. I I appreciate that. I just, I'm so new at this gig that I just still feel like anyone that says yes. I'm just like, really? That's amazing. You know what? That's a birthday every time. It's such a good place to be. You know, I've been, I, I don't know why I'm just launching into this, but I realized this week you know, that's how I was when I started Noonday. I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I get to do this. And any woman who opened their home for me, it was like, are you serious? And any ambassador who said, I want to do this with you. I was like, are you sure? I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, I was just so filled with gratitude and amazement and humility. Yeah. And it's been interesting to launch this book that I just launched and I've been super excited about it. And I've had lots of moments of gratitude, but I've also had some moments where I realized I've had a bit of an entitlement, like a little bit of like, well, we spent so much time, we've spent so much money, we've invested so much, so that should equal Mm -hmm. success. And let me tell you, that's just a gross place to be. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it really, I think that spirit of entitlement has really sickened me, which I know are strong words, but that's okay. Cause there's grace. And, yeah. and so I've just been trying to really identify, you know, cause I know exactly the feeling you're talking about when you're like, oh my gosh, this person said yes. And this is amazing. And I get to do a podcast and, you know, I've been there and I've been so surprised that I launched this book and it's been wildly successful. And I have been like, Oh man, but it didn't get this. It didn't make it to this. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and I've been like, why what's going on? And underneath it all, I think has been a little bit of that, like that should, well, it should, you know, instead of really being like all is grace, all is offering. I'm not in control of the outcome. I just get to show up. And I think when we just get to show up and we just show up, that's where the fun is. When you're, when you, you're like, man, I just decided I'm not going to be paralyzed by fear about this mm-hmm. podcast. Like I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to show up and yeah. you're just having fun and you, you're probably, your expectations are pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, <laughs> Absolutely. You're, you're not yeah. hanging everything on the outcome. You're just showing up to do the thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I know exactly what you mean. Start turning things into the outcome. Yeah then that really can take away the joy instead of like, I'm just showing up. Like I'm showing up for the one person in front of me who might be reading this book or might be listening to this podcast. And there's just a lot of joy in that. So anyway, I appreciate, I appreciate your attitude is what I'm trying to say. That was a long winded way of me saying, (laughs) I appreciate your attitude. (laughs) It's teaching me. It's my teacher today. Thank you for being my teacher. Oh, well, apparently what I'm here to do today. So (laughs) we were brought together at the right time. So I had written down just to ask how you're doing because you talked about launching this book um, and you have a few other things going on besides the book, a little thing called Nuna Collection. And you've done a thousand podcasts and interviews and events and you're actually coming to Grand Rapids. So local people come out on September 13th. I will link to that event, of course. Um, but how, how are you doing? What's kind of getting you through? Cause my goodness. Well, I am having a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm really having fun. And you know, I have a business partner, you know him because he used to be a new day collection ambassador. So, oh, yeah. you know, you know, so many things behind the veil of new day collection and you've seen us go through so much as a company mm-hmm. and Travis and I went in into 2018 realizing we want to continue to grow and scale at a rapid rate. We want to continue to change the world Mm -hmm. and really do what no one's ever done before, which is to create this large scale handmade accessories business that is really making an impact around the world while creating an income opportunity here for women. Like that has not been done to scale. Mm -hmm. And we realized that our leadership really needed to grow. If we Mm -hmm. really wanted to take this where we want it to go, our leadership wasn't really ready for that. And our partnership was in a fragile place for that. Mm -hmm. I think we've gone into survival mode and we, we love each other. We trust each other, but we just had some deep digging to do. So we've done a lot of digging these last few months. And, you know, I would say that I've, what's helping me get through this time because I'm not just getting through it. I'm soaring. I, mm-hmm. I feel really great. Grateful. Um, is my partnership with Travis because he really wants me to soar. In fact, we were talking about something yesterday, an opportunity to advocate for kids with down syndrome in Guatemala. And I, you know, I like to get, do the cool, fun, adventurous stuff, but Mm -hmm. really, frankly, over the last eight years, I've always prioritized what's best for the business. Like what is best for the business? What's going to help the business grow? That's what I want to do. And we're in this place now. The first question he asked me, because I didn't necessarily have some huge business outcome, right? To, to take time away, to go to Guatemala, to do this. And he said, well, would it be fun for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was yeah. like, Oh my gosh, like you care, you care that I'm having fun and he's having fun. So he's having fun. He's really, um, running the business. He's really prank playing that operator president role where he's holding people accountable. He's driving agendas. He's making sure that the outcomes of the business are being optimized. Mm-hmm. And then I'm out building the brand. 
yeah. and doing press and interviews and talks and meeting people and getting to be on the phone with you right now. And we're both allowing each other to be in these spaces. And I think that's, you know, bringing so much strength to the business because our partnership is in this place of, of strength. Yeah. So that's been, that's been really great. Like if I didn't have him, I mean, ooh, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to just like get, get on the road and go, you know, right. when you're CEO is you got to have someone who's holding down the fort. Yeah. What a cool place to be in that you can both see each other and run in your lanes, but be supporting each other in such a good way. It's been really um, interesting. You mentioned that I was a new ambassador a long time ago and um, started when there were under a hundred noonday ambassadors. And, um, there was certainly no one in this area in West Michigan. Um, I don't even know if there was anyone in Michigan to be honest. Um, and no one had heard of noonday. (laughs) I was just like, you were a builder. You were a builder. Yeah. Just saying the little word here and there. And to hear now all sorts of people know about noonday around here. Um, and I see it all over town. I mean, I, I know, I know it when I see it, of course. Um, it's so exciting, but kind of going back to me starting as a new ambassador, I heard of when I heard all the stories of when your partnership started and I heard all the stories that are in this book when they happened. Right. And, you were living it girl. Yes. And to hear those stories in your book, um, that I, I don't know if we said it's called imperfect courage. Um, to read the stories, but now accompanied with your years of experience and wisdom and knowledge and hindsight and all of those things to go along with the stories is just so freaking cool. I mean, because I remember when like, I think it was Caleb wrote his list of things he wanted and you posted it in the ambassador group, like, let's get him a fork and a plate and a mattress. I remember we all like PayPal'd money to do that stuff. Um, so you'll have to read the book, everybody to hear more about that story, but, um, it's just so cool to see where you and Travis are and where the business is. I mean, it's just, I've never been along for that kind of a ride and it's, it's really cool. Wow. It really, thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. And, you know, I, where I have not had an entitlement attitude is towards anyone who's come along for this noonday journey. You know, I just feel such a sense of gratitude for everyone who did their part in the time they were meant to do their part. And I know you've still hosted trunk shows since, cause I've seen them online. I have to, I gotta you get have to, stuff. I know. <laughs> and you know, that's right. That's right. And you know, that's, Honestly, I was going to write an email to all the former ambassadors because there's been almost 5,000 ambassadors through the years just to say, like, you're in this book. Like, I want you to buy this book because you lived it. You were there Mm -hmm. and you will feel like I want, I want, I'm so glad that you feel that sense of like you've had a stake in this story. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want people to feel, you know, because I think Mm -hmm. sometimes when you do something for a little bit and then you kind of move on to the next thing, you can maybe discount the part you played or I've seen people feel guilty. Like, Oh, I was so passionate about that. Now I'm not anymore. And I'm like, man, I'm just like, I'm happy you played your part and you can still play your part anyway by just purchasing or hosting. And uh, so I'm glad, I'm truly glad that you saw yourself in those stories because yeah, you lived it. Yeah. And my purpose always with the podcast now, and I I think probably in hindsight, just kind of going through my life, my kind of superpower is finding those connections between people. And I think reading this book for someone like myself, that's not, um, you know, on the surface, you and I, or someone that would like write a business book is not someone that I would resonate with. Like if I just left it at that. Right. Right. Um, and said, oh, it's a business building, like personal growth, blah, blah, right. blah. That's just not my thing. Um, I'm not going to read that. But really at any relationship, but in specific to this, um, to your journey and the book and my journey, we, of course, we have tons in common. We, you're like, I'll go anywhere. I'll go over the world adventure. Da, da. And I'm yeah. like, I've lived in Grand Rapids my whole life and I haven't barely gone anywhere. But really, when you scrape the surface, we're all looking for connection. 
We're all looking to find our purpose. We all need a kick in the pants to get out there and do our thing. We all need to be told that somebody is waiting for us to do our thing, that we can create a ripple effect. Like every person needs to hear that and needs to go on that journey and whatever that means for them. Um, So I don't know what my end point was in all of that. Well, I'll tell you what I, I appreciate that. And I, I think that is one of the, my fears and there, the the obstacles, like I've thought about what are the obstacles to people actually buying this book. And Mm -hmm. I think some of it that is that like, Oh, I'm not like a personal growth person or I'm not a business person. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God, this book is so much more. And that was really the challenge in writing the book. We didn't know what category it would go in. Like Mm -hmm. what category, like it could go in Mm self-help. It can go, you know, like next to a Brene Brown book who ended Mm -hmm. up endorsing it. It could go in faith and the kind of a faith section. Cause I do talk about my faith. It could go in a business section. It could go in sort of like a global poverty section. I mean, there's just so many spaces and you know, that's part of the point of my book is to break out of our categories, you know, that we put ourselves in boxes and we put other people in boxes and how can we take those lines that we've drawn and erase them, you know, instead of writing them in Sharpie, write them in pencil right. and erase them and that's kind of my book too. And so that, I think that has been a challenge and actually like getting people to purchase it is like not, you know, because I think that word entrepreneur or business, it can Mm -hmm. be polarizing. I think it's automatically one of those things where you're like, like when I hear the word entrepreneur, I get super excited. I'm like, that's me. Like that is a huge part of me. But I think you just as easily hear that word and are like, I don't relate to that at all, Mm -hmm. you know? And of course, my point is that we all have sort of, you know, an entrepreneur is just someone who's just creating something new with what they have. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we do that every night when we cook dinner and haven't gone to the grocery store in a while. And you're like, I don't know. I'm looking in the fridge and here's what I'm going to come up with, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to see that it is a book for everyone. Yeah has definitely been uh, a challenge that I've looked forward to, you know, to showing people like, oh, trust me, read it and you're, you're going to find yourself in it. Yeah. And if, if nothing else, the first half of the book, which I kind of read and reread and waited, like, I don't know why it took me and my book stacks are 12 deep. So I kind of came, you know, yeah, I know you love, you're a fellow reader. Um, but I don't normally read, um, nonfiction. I'm a huge fiction Mm. lover. So I kind of dipped in and out of the book. um, And so I ended up rereading the first part like three times because I had Mm -hmm. not processed it. Um, And so this is how I took the first part of the book. It's kind of getting us to do our own stuff, like getting the reader to get to figure out where your stuck places are and get beyond those places. So one of my favorite stories that um, you told Winna in a noonday conference back in the day, and then you retell in the book is the story about the jump rope. Uh (laughs) And I have thought about that story. I think I cried when you first told it in the noonday conference that I was sitting in. I think we all did. Oh my gosh. In that like lodgy place. And we were like, um, so you can tell, I don't know if you mind telling the story in a version and then I will tell you why I resonated so much with it, but yeah. Story. Yeah. So the jump rope story, I think for those of us that are, I don't know when they started, I guess it was a, was it the first Bush or maybe it was a Reagan? Maybe we're all the way back to Reagan. Maybe Carter. I don't know. 40. So somewhere. Okay. Somewhere now forties. You, you took part in the presidential fitness test. (laughs) Okay. So did you do this? Yes. Okay. And I'll tell you my own version of the. Oh, I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear. Okay. (laughs) So we had to run the mile. We had to do push-ups. We had to do sit-ups. We were measured by it. And my PE coaches, I guess were quite competitive. And it was as if the president himself (laughs) what it was going to like look over the results of Jessica Mayfield. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the slow kids. I was one of the slow kids and the mile run was upon us and they were trying to get us to run faster. And so little Jessica Mayfield's legs, let me tell you, not meant to be a runner. (laughs) I was like the MC for all of the plays. I was like the 
one to perform in front of everyone doing mm-hmm. the hula hoop or the balance beam. Sure. I was not a runner. Mm-hmm. I was not a runner. And they were having none of that. They mm-hmm. wanted everyone in their little gym class to, I mean, I think my mile run was like 13 minutes. Like it was for sure right home about. Okay. Right. <laughs> So they decided, okay, so in order for Jessica to be able to learn how to run faster, we are going to partner her up with the fastest kid in the entire PE class. Her name was Beth. Sure. And we are going to hand Beth the front of the rope, jump rope, and we are going to hand Jessica the back of the jump rope. And we're going to tell Beth, ready, set, go. And she is just going to run little Jessica Mayfield around that field, around and around and around. So that Jessica, somehow her legs are going to learn how to keep up with Beth Watkins, the fastest in the class. Oh, my. So I think that feeling in me of, I mean, still to this day, it's very challenging for me to run with anyone because I get butterflies in my stomach and it's this feeling of I'm failing. I can't keep up. I can't keep up. And what I realize is I carry that feeling into adulthood of, I'm just not going to be able to keep up. Mm -hmm. I just need to run faster. I need to be someone I'm not meant to be Mm -hmm. so that I can somehow get the right clock, the right time on the clock at the end of my run. Mm -hmm. And it was when I realized that I could actually cut the jump rope. Mm Mm-hmm. And I could actually run at the pace that I was meant to run. That's where the joy is. Accepting Mm -hmm. my race, accepting my pace, not in comparison to Beth's, not in comparison to anyone's, but just using the legs I was meant to use. Yes. And I think that's where I began to really walk in a lot of freedom. And I have to tell you the craziest story I was writing this story for my book around a year ago is when I was writing my book and I had was almost about to finish with my manuscript and I was in Florida on a family vacation and we were flying back home from this family vacation and I was in the airport and I saw a gal in the airport and she was like wearing her athletic gear, her Mm -hmm. cute little Lululemon pants. And I was like, she looks about my age, but man, she looks good. I mean, she's looking tight. I mean, I can't even, there's no way I'd get away with wearing that on an airplane. (laughs) And I almost went into comparison and judgment. And then I was like, you know what? I bet she was born like that. Like you don't get to be 40 and with that, butt, unless you got some good genes. Right. (laughs) Yes. And so I was like celebrating her. Yes. She turned around and looked at me and she goes, Jessica Mayfield. Jessica, it's, she goes. Jessica, it's Beth from elementary school. Stop it right now. I am telling you. It makes me want to cry right now. Yeah. And she came over and she began to celebrate me and Noonday and all of that success. And she's an attorney now. Actually, she's running for judge. And it was just this beautiful moment of solidarity, of sisterhood. And I, you know, I know it makes me cry. And it just... Those are the moments, you know, I think that are laid out before us every single day, those moments of celebrating one another. And I think when we celebrate our success, our effort, when we celebrate our effort, not just our outcome, Mm -hmm. and then when we celebrate others, that really puts us in a space of, of gratitude, of offering, of joy, you know, and it's the opposite of how I opened this conversation, which is that, you know, I've struggled with entitlement, which is like, I deserve, I should, I did this, therefore I should get this, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that leads to burnout mm-hmm. and depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just not, who wants yeah. to live with that? I don't yeah. want to live like that. Bath in the Lululemon. Bath in the Lululemon. I know. I was like, this, and I was too late for me to put it in the book. Cause I like my manuscript literally was like due. So yeah. anyway, I'm like, is this book too? Oh, <laughs> that's so great. Well, mine is very similar. That's the okay. jump rope story. So it's all the same tests, but they would have us, I don't, ours was like color coded. So there was like level, like Brown. Uh, and then dang it, I bet, I bet mine was too. <laughs> and then you go up to like gold and platinum And I, of course, couldn't ever get off of brown. I mean, that was just like where I was going to stay for everything, the mile run and the 
sit-ups and the arm hang and the whole thing. And so the kids that had already gotten all the way up to gold or whatever fabulous color it was um, would then test the kids that were at the brown level. And so it was like these super athletic, like cool kids, like, you know, all the popular in my head, you know, fancy kids would then have to follow me around the gym and like time me on my whatever sit ups. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember ah! like trying to do two sit ups with Garrett Miles. God bless you, Garrett Miles out there. He's, I'm sure he's a lovely person, probably still lives locally. Um, and I was just mortified. And my message that I carried into adulthood from all of that is I am a burden, I'm somebody else's problem that I'm weighing down, I'm like literally wow. pulling on their jump rope or wow. I'm taking their time. I'm holding someone else back. I'm, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm too slow. I'm too, I'm not enough of anything. And so, and that affects other people, you know? Right, right, um, right. And to get beyond that, like unpacking that, which I'm sure, you know, has obviously taken both of us years and experience in life to unpack all of those lovely gifts of elementary school gym class. Um, but that's such a good reason to tell these stories out loud yeah, in books yeah. and with each other, because I will guarantee everyone has a story like that. If oh, you, we all. you weren't the slow kid, you were too fast or you were too loud or you were too, or too I mean, whatever. Beth probably has her story of yes. feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, I, you know, I was having to drag Jessica around. I mean, who knows? <laughs> it's so funny because I would, I did a book launch. I'm on a, I'm in the middle of my book launch tour right now. And one of the stops was where I grew up, which was mm -hmm. San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple hundred people there. And many of them were people that I had grown up with. And I shared this story and mm -hmm. I said, okay, how many of you guys were in PE class with me? And mm -hmm. so many hands shot up in the air and I shared the story and sort of my purpose in sharing it was to, to encourage them to break, you know, to cut their jump rope and to not chase after their worth. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends who I hadn't talked to in years, he came up to me, he goes, Jessica, I was like the guy version of you in the mm -hmm. third grade. I was the slow guy uh -huh. and I got matched up with this, the fast guy, Cameron. And he goes, Jessica, it wasn't a jump rope. It was a bungee cord. Oh God. <laughs> Sprung. I was like, I love how my memory kind of tapered it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, like my memory, like made a little bit more of a gentle yes. for myself, but I was just like, Oh my God. But you know what? It was weird that I, I was actually felt a lot of validation and him sharing because you know, sometimes, and I'm sure we all do this in our memories, we kind of think, did that really happen? Or is this just how I'm remembering it? And yeah, and so I was like, okay, there really was, it wasn't even a jump rope. It was a bungee cord. And this oh. really was what happened in PE. Oh my oh, word. Yeah. So bad. You're just whiplashing all over the track. That's but literally, but to your point, you know, if I hadn't have shared it that night, which was very vulnerable to share this story in front of people I grew up with. Yes. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have had that moment of like validation yeah. and kind of this me too from him. Yeah. No, and it's yeah. the me too that heals us that yeah. empathy that we get when we do sh uh, share our stories and we are brave enough to say our truth yeah oh I love that love it love it love it so once you know we're kind of working through the first part of the book and we're unpacking all of our things then you kind of move in to what's next so how do you how do you move into your purpose and create impact and all of those things and we can talk for 17 hours about all the wonderful things that you say. Um, but one thing that super impacted me was um, you talked about the five P's. Mm, mm -hmm. So um, which include power, pocketbook, priorities, proximity, and perspective. And my point is not to like go through each one of these, but I think it was really cool to me that I, um, how you talk about each one of these things, but for me, it was not in the way that I would initially think of them. So I'm like, so, okay. Yeah. Tell me about that. So like, this is like my hardest chapter to write by the yeah. way. 
Because I'm not, I don't like prescribing things for people. Yeah. Making it all like step one. Right. But my editor was like, people like this. You can't, you've got to be able to, you have to have an element of this in your book. So it was very challenging for me. So I'm curious. Everyone likes an acronym or a three step to this or Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So normally I'm not that prescriptive either, but I liked how you talk like, power. So a lot of women in my life, including myself will say, well, you know, what could I, I don't, I'm not powerful. Mm -hmm. I don't don't sit on a board. I relate to that word. Right. And I think, you know, historically women don't, um, and lots of, you know, underrepresented groups don't, but, um, but rather than looking at power, like I need to be a CEO or I need to sit on a board or I need to have a big pile of money or whatever people think is kind of typically influential. You looked at what we all have power. So what is your um, sphere of influence? What is your, you know, just a different way to think about that. So I don't know what you, where you want to go from there, but I just thought it was really cool how we can look past the obvious ways Mm -hmm. that we can influence and yeah. try and find the maybe not so obvious, immediately obvious things that we can still be, move into our purpose. Right. I think we each need to own our power and actually redeem the relationship that we have with that word. Yeah. yeah. I think that power tends to have this negative term and maybe that does go back to elementary school too, you mm-hmm. know, like those the fast kids, you know, you think, well, they are more powerful or they have power over. And yet I think that when we can embrace our power, which each one of us has power, we have power to help someone feel better that day. We have power to use our voice to stand up for people that haven't had as much power as us. Mm -hmm. We have power to, you know, even show up for the party that someone invited you to, you know, I know for me and I, that's how I actually ended the book was with this invitation because I tend to sometimes get invited to things and think, eh, mm-hmm. they wouldn't miss me. Yeah. And I kind of want to stay on my couch anyway and catch up on that Netflix show I just started. Yes. True. And when we start doing that, we start diminishing our power mm-hmm. and actually not realizing that, you know what, my presence matters. Mm-hmm. My presence matters. And, you know, when my friend Latasha, who is an African-American who started an organization called Be the Bridge, which is all about building bridges between really, it's about a racial reconciliation conversation and dialogue and how to create safe conversations around what can sometimes be very challenging when you talk about race issues and feelings around race and your own biases that you have. Mm -hmm. And I remember when she invited me to march with her and the Martin Luther King March. Yes. And I thought I'm allowed, right? You know, like I, I'm, I've been part of the power problem, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was, I come from the color of the slave owners, Mm -hmm. not the slaves. Mm -hmm. So I had disinvited myself. Whereas she just said, your presence matters. Yeah. Your presence matters. So show up. Mm-hmm. And that was such a powerful paradigm shift for me, marching in the MLK parade with her mm-hmm. um, a couple years in a row. And we need to change. We have our shine conferences right around MLK. So I haven't been able to do it the last, I think, one or two years. But anyhow, I think that that was a great, um, a great example of where I had not owned the power of my presence. Yeah. And she kind of turned that on its head for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think as soon as one woman owns their power, that's so contagious. It is. To other people. I, lots of things have happened that I did not anticipate with this um, podcast, but that's one of them. I think people will look at, they'll say to me like, you know, how, how amazing that is that you started a podcast. And I was just like, I mean, I was scared about it for two years before I did it. And then I just, I didn't really expect anyone to listen and I'll diminish it all day long in 12 different ways. Um, But that people have seen me do that and then they go, oh, well, if, if you did that, then I can, I can do something. I can do something. Yes. Yes. It's, 
I just didn't anticipate it. And I think it's incredible. And I'm obviously still working on owning that, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's the power, you know, courage is contagious. Mm -hmm. Courage is contagious. And you know, that is, especially, you know, for those that walked with you through kind of that, like, Oh, I couldn't do this or, and then they see you do it. And then you're like, Oh, you know, and that releases people to do the same. That's what I'm all about. That's what my book's all about. And I think I mentioned earlier, someone, um, one of my earlier podcast guests, I was trying to figure out if someone actually like a super famous person had said this, but, um, she had said, you know, someone's waiting for you to do mm-hmm. what you're meant to do. And some, you know, white person was waiting for you to go to that MLK parade mm-hmm. so that they know that they belong there too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's so true. I, I talk about that, that, you know, when we can see that us staying seated Mm-hmm. And paralyzed by our fear is actually robbing someone else. Yes. I think for a woman, especially we want to, we want to help people, you know, we mm-hmm. want to be of contribution to others. When I can frame it like that, that motivates me Yeah, to not let fear sideline me. Cause yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, I do matter. Yep. I matter to someone else. And if I just stay seated or I stay home or I just do the Netflix thing, like, I'm actually robbing from someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So there are three questions that I don't know if you saw these before we started recording or not. We're just going to go with them. I typically ask all of my guests three questions. So one of them is that I've been just kind of playing around with in the last couple of interviews. So what do people, what might people miss if they only look at your list of titles and roles? and maybe accolades for you too. So, um, you know, business owner and mm-hmm. entrepreneur and all those things that we talked about, what do they miss in the in-between? Well, I think you miss a lot because I think that when you see author, CEO, mom of three, you probably imagine, at least this is the jive I'm getting because so many people in interviews are like, how are you doing it all? And Mm -hmm. I don't even think of myself as someone who's like, quote unquote, doing it all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you'd find someone who's really, I'm not this chasing ambition ready to leave people behind in my tracks of my Mm -hmm. dreams. You know what I mean? Like ruthless. Yeah. Achiever. Right. Right. I would say I'm really genuinely interested in creating a space for others to feel known and seen. Mm -hmm. And I really want to have fun along the way Mm -hmm. and let, and, and, and like, enable other people to have fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to be known and seen just as much as you, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've actually this week, one friend was like, Jessica, I mean, she's a dear friend and she's like, I know this isn't true, but I came to your book launch party. There's hundreds of people, you know, you have so much influence now you're, you've grown so in like, do I still matter? Oh yeah. And she goes, I know it's my story. It is my story because you've never made me feel like I don't, but yeah. I just wanted to let you know, this is, this is my own insecurity and the story that I'm creating. And I had the same thing happen the day after I launched my book, I got like an email from this old friend that was like, you've ditched me. And I, I was like, really? Ooh. Have I not responded to I mean, yeah, I really searched my heart and my emails and my texts. And I'm like, I don't, I maybe did an email go to the, to my junk mail inbox that I missed. And I think that has been one of the more challenging things because I am someone who really values connection like you do and really values that people feeling seen and known. Yep. And people are, we tell ourselves a story when we see other people being successful. Yep. Yeah. And that I can't really do a whole lot about that except just stay the same person who wants to love people and help people feel seen and known. Yeah. Um, but it is speaking of power, you know, I, I think influence does put me in a place of power. Yeah. And I want to 
I think when you are in a powerful position, one way to use your power is to restrain it. Yeah. Uh-huh. To actually hold back your power so that other people can use their power, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So especially in the office, you know, well, I don't want to be the decision maker on everything. I want other people to use their decision-making power. Yeah. And, you know, where can I hold back my power? But then also just acknowledging, which I don't like to do, you know, you're diminishing your podcast, same thing. I, I want to diminish this position that I've been put in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But when I do that, then I don't own, okay, well, I do have power. So that means that when I do reach out or when I do email it, it might mean more, yeah. you know, like I think about when Brene Brown endorsed my book, it was like an incredible amount of power that she had in, in my life, you know, it was yeah. like three weeks. She doesn't know this, but it took over my life. Cause I was like, she's reading my book right now. <laughs> Will she use her power to endorse my book? Yes. You know? Yes. Oh my gosh. And that was really vulnerable. Yeah. So that's the other thing, I guess, you know, you, you ask me about these titles and I know along with these titles can come these sort of power, you know, and that's something I'm just kind of grappling with, you know, because if I don't own it, then I won't be able to use it in a way that's stewarding that gift. Seeing power as a gift to be, to be stewarded, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that enables me to kind of do, you know, let it bring flourishing to yeah. those areas that I'm meant to bring flourishing to. And to be able to let that go when friends do reach out and say, you know, they feel forgotten or whatever, and to be able to shake that off in a, in a loving way to them, but to know that, you know, you, like you said, you can't, you can't fix that for them. Right. You, just can, you stay the course and you, mm-hmm. you, that, um, all of that would be very challenging, um, to work through in a, I don't know, in a meaningful way. And I'm sure it's kind of, it just ebbs and flows the things we need to work on. As yeah, you, absolutely. Life. Um, so we talked a little bit about this when you and Travis are kind of seeing each other in a genuine way and working on what that looks like, but are there spaces or types of people that do make you feel like you are seen as Jessica, mm-hmm. you know, in the most, and that can be, you know, types of, settings or it can be a particular person, but what does that look like when you're genuinely seen for who you are and not all the things you've done necessarily, but just you? Right. Well, my husband, definitely. Good. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, he is, you know, he would stick by my side if I was in some had some stroke and could never move or talk again. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of my litmus test. It's just a funny <laughs> joke among my friends. I'm like, if I had a stroke, you know, and like lost everything, would you yeah. be in the hospital room with me? Right? And like, my girlfriends are like, we would be beach curling your hair. We would be putting your statement earrings on girl. Like we would be there. Yes. And yes. I do feel like I've built very intentionally a community of, of women and it's not necessarily, we're not all one necessarily group, Yeah. Um, but I've been intentional about sewing into people that do have the values of empathy and compassion and faithfulness. And even my friend that was vulnerable enough to, um, cause like this one girl reached out the day after my book launched and it was like, no congratulations, nothing. It was like, you ditched me. Yeah. This other friend came to my book launch very vulnerably after a few days was like, I love you. And this is my own insecurity, but I just wanted to be vulnerable that this is how I felt. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's, that's a different vibe. That's a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, and I've cultivated that friendship. We've actually been friends for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that is the types of friendships that are really close to me that we've been able to cultivate this space of a vulnerability with one another and of really showing up. And, you know, I feel seen when someone else can do that for me, when someone else can be vulnerable with me mm-hmm. and like, I'm kind of the person they called, mm-hmm. um, gosh, 
that makes me feel really known because I'm like, oh my God, they saw me as a safe place. Yeah. They yeah. saw me as a soft place, place to land. Yeah. And that feels really good to me. That makes, helps me to feel just as known and seen as if I'm the one being vulnerable and sharing my struggle. Yeah. And you talk about self-care in the book, which I think lots of books talk about now, but again, you kind of talk about it in a, with a different spin and you include, um, cultivating friendships as part of a self-care as, you know, one thing that you do mm-hmm. to take care of yourself. And I don't think people often think of that. I think they think, you know, solitude and meditation and go right. off in a, on a walk in right. the woods. Right. <laughs> and I'm kind of wired the same way. Like people, my people, my very close people, um, their story of my self-care. Yeah, totally. Yes. Cause I pour into them and they pour into me and it. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question. Favorite things. It's just one of my favorite things to ask about. And I ask because I think people connect on a very, um, kind of, it's like a little gateway into connection when we can connect over silly favorite things or important favorite things. So Absolutely. Just loving right now. That's silly or not silly. Right. Well, I have to, of course, mention noonday. Because we just launched a new line and every time we do, I'm just reminded of how much I love accessories, Yes, especially because I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot of live TV right now. I'm Mm -hmm. on a book tour and I love how a really awesome statement earring, or we have this beautiful Rosario necklace. It's black with this rose and it just makes me feel confident. Mm Mm-hmm. When I do that and when I wear these things and I feel like, man, I could take on the world with these earrings and with this necklace. So I am loving Noonday and I am loving the color yellow right now, just as like an accent color. Yep. So I just got fabulous, like yellow chartreuse pumps, like heels. Ugh. They're so fun. I love them. And I kind of am loving wearing just sort of like basic colors with just like a big pop. Yeah. So I'm really loving that. And I'm really loving this scent called Centaur 33. And it's just nice, especially when I'm traveling, I get to kind of I, I carry it with me in, uh, in an oil version because mm-hmm. sometimes the smell of airplanes kind of grosses me out. Yeah. And so I just love being able, no matter where I go, to have kind of the scent that brings back really good memories for me. Yeah. Yeah. Is it scent like you smell a scentile? How do you spell it? Uh, it's S-A-N-T-A-L 33. Got it. Yes. And then... I'm loving fire clay tile. We are remodeling our house right now. Ooh. And this tile company, it's all handmade, hand painted, artisan done. Oh, gorgeous. And it's super cool. And I'm really excited about it. We're putting it, we're redoing three bathrooms right now and we're putting Ooh. it in all three. So it's really pretty. Do you have a functioning bathroom at home? Like one? We have one. <laughs> bathroom. It's been like, it's, it's, I'm so over it. The kids are sleeping in the living room. I mean, I'm really, I'm, I am absolutely over it. I know people should follow you on social media because you do all those funny, like, um, little tours of the chaos. I do tours of the chaos. I do. I keep it real. You know, I keep it real on, on Instagram. Remodeling man is brutal. It It is. It really is. It's a gift and it's brutal. Yes. Well, you know, I love noonday and I love yellow and I'm with you on all of it. I love this. I, I love that the mustard yellow is kind of yes. a thing right now. Yes. I have these crazy mustard yellow, like big flappy palazzo pants. Yes. And I like wore them to the beach or something ridiculous. My friend was just like, of course you're here in pants. First of all, Yes, you're mustard. like, I had to, I, whatever. Um, right. Nice color. I don't know what else to wear as a beach. I love it. Um, (laughs) So um, just thank you. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for creating Noonday. Thank you for being wonderful. And um, yeah, I just love it. My brief stint as an ambassador and my hosting since then, that definitely was one of the many building blocks that kind of got me to do this work that I really love and to own other parts of myself. And I just, 
I really, really um, am grateful. So thank you. So glad. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show today. Have a fantastic day. I will. Bye. My interview with Jessica was truly a demonstration of what I want this podcast to be. We're two women who lead very different lives. Jessica is an entrepreneur, world traveler, adoptive mom, CEO, living in Texas, and I'm a social worker, mom of two, not super well-traveled Midwestern podcaster, but our connections are numerous. If we started and ended the conversation on a surface level, never going further than that we'd never find the beauty of our connection we both have a heart for cheering on women we both love accessories and fashion especially ethically made fashion we both told ourselves stories formed as young girls about our bodies and our place in the world we both light on fire when we're able to connect with our people that see us and hear us for who we are And these threads of connection are the magic that I keep talking about. When we go scared, as Jessica says, and reach out to a potential podcast guest who has a huge following, look at the beauty that happens. And when Jessica went scared and wrote her first book, Telling Her Truth, the ripple effects of that are far-reaching. I'm telling you, let this be a moment where you first go buy the book and then reach out. Go scared in whatever small or medium or enormous way you've been thinking about. I promise I'll be there cheering you on. And I promise you'll be so glad you did. I hope I will see you at the event this Thursday. Remember to check the show notes for the link to those tickets and the information. I'll be there at the event taking the middle seat because that's where the magic is. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back soon with another episode of Taking the Middle Seat.